You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. This rich young ruler asked a tremendous question, verse 16. Behold, one came to him and said, good master, what good thing? That's the issue. God's, Jesus is going to deal with what he thought was the good thing. It, it confuses people. Jesus saying you keep the Ten Commandments and, and go sell all your things. No, he, this man, he started the question, what good thing? What do I have to do? Do I have to get baptized? Do I have to give money? Do I have to join the church? Do I have to stop my drugs? Do I have to stop alcohol? Do I stop my womanizing? Do I stop? You know, God stops all that after salvation. You get born again. God deals. That's why some folks don't get saved. I can't stop my alcohol. No, you cannot. But God, God can stop anything. And here the Bible said, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And he said to him, why callest thou me good? He's putting the man to the test. Does he really know he's talking to God himself, Jesus, who is God? There's not good, none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter in the life, keep the commandments. And he says, well, which ones? What do you want me to keep? And so Jesus goes through a list of many of these commandments. Don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And verse number 20, the young man said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I? Is there anything else missing? I I want this eternal life. I want to know I can go to heaven. What what else is there? I don't think he was being cocky. I think he was wanting to know. But Jesus wanted to make sure he understood. Look what the Bible says. Jesus said to him, if thou wilt be perfect, if you'll be complete, whole, go sell which thou hast. You see, Jesus put his finger on this man's issue, what was keeping him. Not the commandments. This man, God said, go sell your goods and give them to the poor. And and this man, a young man said, (laughs) he heard that, he went away sorrowful, but had great possessions. What's keeping you from salvation? You know, that day that I got saved so many years ago, it was a struggle of pride. I I just, I was just, I was not willing to step out. I didn't have anything to sell. I didn't have anything of that nature. I didn't have anything to give. My battle wasn't the Ten Commandments. It wasn't, it wasn't money. But my, my battle was my pride. I was nervous to get saved. But the devil almost won the fight. I thank God that night, I have Sunday night, I trusted Christ as my Savior. There is a place called heaven today. There is a place called hell. And it's appointed to men once to die and after this, the judgment. You do not go to heaven because you sold your goods. You do not go to heaven because you kept the Ten Commandments. You go to heaven because you've asked Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. We're born to sin. All are sinners, the Bible said. Sin causes us to be removed from the presence of God because as sin passed upon all men, all have sinned because of Adam and Eve. 
That's been inherited. I was born a sinner. No one had to teach me to, how, how to lie, how, how to steal from my sisters. Maybe, maybe it was little small little things, but it was still wrong. I was a sinner. I remember lying to my mother as a young boy. No, you cannot, I, you, you don't say, well, I'm not a sinner. I'm not a bad sinner. Well, there's no such thing as a bad sinner, a good sinner. Sin is sin. And the wages of sin is death. And death is a place called hell, and heaven's a place called life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Many of you will remember this date if you're old enough. It's 1987, October the 14th. The world, literally the world, was riveted on one little city, Midland, Texas. I remember that night. I remember that day. And all of us were fixed to the news watching what was going to happen to this 18-month little girl. Her name was Jessica. Jessica McClure. We had people in the church at that time not related with the same last name. Jessica, 18 months, wandered outside and she fell into a, 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 what would be a sleeve, a vent. It was for venting where they had been digging for oil and other things of that nature. The, the vent was eight inches round. And little Jessica fell that day into that pipe. And as she fell into that pipe, she fell down 22 feet. They, they tried to figure out how do we get this little girl. They, they, they put uh, microphones down there. They could hear her. Help, little, little words she was trying to say and, and weeping and they could hear it. She was down there an hour. They were trying to figure out how do you get to her? We, we cannot reach down, we'll push her further. We cannot come from the, below because it's stone. In fact, they discovered stone was all around it. There's a new thing just invented called water jetting. You know about it now. They began to jet into the side of that mountain, into that rock, and tried to reach her one an hour and two hours and 10 hours. And that little 18 month old girl was still alive and 24 hours and 30 hours and 36 hours in that little eight inch pipe and 40 hours and 45 hours and 50 hours. And they're saying we're running out of time and 55 hours. And there's a man that came, a roofer, and he said, I believe I could squeeze into this new shaft we've made. They said, it's too small. He said, I was born without a collarbone. Isn't it interesting? God had it all planned. And he said, because I don't have a collarbone, I can collapse my shoulders. I can squeeze through there and I can get her. They mic'd him up and he began at, a, at, at hour 58 had no food, no water, nothing for all 58 hours, 18 months. He reached inside and was her, it was just horrific what he found. Her leg was straight up in the air and her body was below her. For 58 hours, he reached her leg. He was able to take her out. They took her, we remember it, we saw the rescue. Many of you might remember that. And they took her to the hospital. 
Little Jessica, because there's no blood flow for 58 hours, they knew they'd have to remove the leg. But miracles of miracles, they discovered they only had to remove one toe. Jessica grew up, this was 1987. She married, she had a child in 2004, another child in 2007, if I'm not mistaken. She's a mother, she lives down there in Texas. You know what took place that day? As literally the world, you can go on on the computer and get the story. The world was focused on this rescue. And that's what took place. And that's what God wants to do with your soul. He wants to rescue you. What, what does it mean to be rescued? Well, we absolutely know it means, to, it means that someone can come and save us from the situation we're in. I've been rescued. You sing about it. The choir sings about it. The groups around here say, thank God we've been rescued. And God, God today wants to rescue me from a place called a burning hell whose fire is not quenched and forever We'll be in a place of hell if we don't trust Christ as Savior. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day after Brother Van Dyke, 58 hours, you would remember, 58 hours waiting for little Jessica. And when they found her and rushed her to the hospital, we were just alarmed that this little girl in an eight-inch pipe, foot above her, leg above her, could live. She was rescued. Thank God for the roofer. I've often thought how many times, see, maybe in life, I don't know, maybe it was ridiculed. Maybe his appearance was different. I think about how our Savior was ridiculed so he could rescue me. Are you saved? He said, well, I, I've been going to the Baptist church all my, that's not salvation. Well, my granddaddy was a Baptist preacher. That's not salvation. Except a man individually born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It is an individual situation. Born again, I have a birthday, August 28th, 1821. I've been around a long time. I have a birth date. It's going to stand on my marker out at the cemetery one day if the Lord tarries. And there's going to be another date, the day I was passed away. But in the middle, there should be another date when I was born again. My mother and dad laid at rest there in Santa Maria and their, their tombstone says, John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection and the life. And by the way, it goes on to say, whosoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You can be rescued, just like that little girl was rescued for this, they say, well, he saved others. Why can't he save himself? Oh, they mocked. But Jesus did not come to save himself. Jesus came to pay for your sin. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. There's an old preacher back in the 1800s. His name was D.L. Moody. He pastored a large ministry in Chicago. They didn't have buses, but they had wagons, and the horses would pull, pull those. And it was the year, the, the, the church of the Sunday school. Children came everywhere, everywhere to, to, to the house of God to hear Moody preach. He loved children. He died at age 59, a young man, but he had already shook this continent and Europe for Christ. He was a great man. But D.L. Moody preached the message one time, said on everybody's forehead, you ought to either write an S or an L. You're either saved or you're lost. Everybody's born lost. 
You need to be rescued. You need to be saved. You're in a condition that's hopeless. There's no way out of that pipe. There's no way out of that situation. You're sliding deeper and deeper and closer, closer into a place called hell. Notice today, the rich young ruler, he then said, the disciples came in verse 25. The disciples heard and said, they were exceedingly amazed, said, who then can be saved? You know, that rich man, rich boy, I think he was sincere. But he wasn't willing to make that final decision. God, you have my life. I don't think Jesus necessarily wanted to take his money. I think Jesus wanted to know his sincerity of his heart. There's another man that said the same thing. What must I do to be saved? He was a Philippian jailer in Acts chapter number 16. And he was guarding the preachers that were in there for preaching the gospel. And an earthquake shook and the, the doors were open. The prisoners were going free. And he realized he was responsible. He was ready to take a sword. He pulled it out. He was going to kill himself because he knew he'd die anyway. He allowed the prisoners to escape during that great earthquake. And the apostle said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. And he began to realize something was going on. God was speaking to him. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Amen. See, how are you going to go to heaven? So I don't believe in heaven. Well, you may not, but God does. I'm not going to go to hell. Well, you may not believe that. There is a hell, but God believes it. Are you saved? Do you know Christ is your Savior? A ruler came to Jesus by night to ask him the way of salvation and light. His name was Nicodemus. He made the answer in words true and plain. Ye must be born again. Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start doing better. Oh, no. That's works. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, not of works, not of any works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3, 5, Jesus said, not by works of righteousness. Nothing that you can do. You can't clean up enough. You can't give enough. You can't, you can't uh, uh, deny yourself. I was in a foreign land several years ago preaching. And I was there during the time of the year that everyone made their annual trip to the big Basilica, the big temple. One time in your lifetime, you need to make the trip, they say, in order to go to heaven. But the more you sacrifice along the way, the more hope you have of making heaven according to the religion. That country, it's a beautiful country. Everyone knows they'll make their pilgrimage all around the country to that location. And so people along the way, you have to let, allow people to sleep in your yards and you give them food. They can pick fruit from your trees and they're all kind to one another. But the last several miles, the ones that really want the best place in heaven according to that religion, the men take their shirts off their backs and they wear shorts and they have to crawl on the asphalt the last several miles. And as they go, though people love them and entertain them and give them food, they whip them. And the roads are literally filled with blood. 
Why do people do that? Because they want to go to heaven. But Jesus said, I'm the way. I was in another country preaching, and I went to the, where they incinerated the body because they incinerated fast to get rid of the sins of the people. That's not Bible. I went into that place where a body had just laid, and they were, I was standing right here, right there was the, the body, and they were sweeping up the ashes. And they were told by their religion, I stood on the hillside and watched in the distance, there was a tree, and their leader said, you put all the food by that tree and bring as much food as you can and bring as much money as you can and we'll make sure that your loved one goes to heaven. I watched it, Pastor Cooper. I watched it. I saw it from the hillside. They were bringing jewels and they were bringing, they were bringing uh, uh, food and just uh, enormous and then you had to leave. And then I watched the leader of the religion's people come and gather it all and took it back to the leader. That's not salvation. Why do we get this thing that's so easy that a child could understand it according to the Bible and we make it so difficult? Jesus said, I'm the, I'm the way. This date's a very special day for many people, April the 9th. On April the 9th, Brother Reimers, 1940, World War II was in the height and things were going. There was an evil man that took over my homeland, Germany. Adolf Hitler, he hated the Jews. He hated twins. He hated people that were deformed. He'd slaughter them. He had taken the Jews and put them in concentration camps and then gassed them and killed them, over six million Jews. I commend Germany. They didn't cover that up. They left that camps like it was and what took place. They're not proud of it, but this is what happened and they overcame it. On this date, April the 9th, 1940, a Nazi guard received word what was going to happen in Denmark. Hitler had decided to go take Denmark and in taking Denmark, the Danish, the Danes, his main goal was to slaughter Jews. And there was many Jews in that country at that time, 780,000. And as he came to take the Jews, he first came with prosperity. And here's what I'm going to do for you as I take your country. But they knew in time he was going to slaughter those Jews. 7,800 Jews heard of what was going on. 7,800. They began to hide the next three years in basements of church, in belfries. They hid down by the docks. They hid in the forest. They hid in caves. 7,800 Jews hid. And as those Jews hid, 680 of them didn't make it. They were slaughtered. One by one, they would get, begin to flee Denmark because Sweden said, we'll take you Jews. We cannot help you, but once you're here, we'll get you here. We'll help you. They got on little fishing boats with 
10 people could fit on that. And they'd, they'd go to the, uh, uh, under, uh, at the base of that little fishing boat and they'd cover them up. And they begin to rescue them one by one. They figured out if they went to the railroad cars, they could go to the railroad cars and they would mingle within the cattle for weeks at a time and hide within the cattle on these railroad cars. They went into freight containers and lived in freight containers to get to Sweden. Thank God that over 7,000 were rescued. You don't have to hide from God. You don't have to do nighttime work and in the night to get around so you can have freedom. Jesus said, I'll give you freedom. Galatians 6.1, God says, I'll give you liberty. Freedom from the guilt of sin. September the September the 28th, I believe it was, 1943, three years later, those 7,000 were rescued. They lived in the bottom of ships, in the cargo areas, to get freedom. There's no work of righteousness that you have to do. You have to simply come to Christ. I want to close and look at that text again. Who then can be saved? Well, you can. And you must. Who can be saved? You can be saved. For he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. My sweet wife and I have such a great respect for the hospitals and the nursing care and the doctors. I, I think about how we had some of our people nigh to death last week and doctors were there to care for them. As we entered again back into the hospital, this third week journey, Ms. Trevor prepared for those surgeries. I waited as she was in surgery. I'd hear things like this. and I know we have nearly almost 100 workers in hospitals and nurses and doctors in this church, probably in the high 80s, maybe 90s. You know what this is? I'd sit there and I was in a waiting room by myself and Brother Martinez, she came by and I wanted to that way. I was just there praying and pondering her, praying for those doctors. I had prayer with them before she went in. They were there and I appreciate them so much. Well, Brother Charles, I'd hear things like this. Code blue, code blue, code blue in emergency, code blue. I heard one time, heart attack, heart attack. And they told where it was at. I heard stroke, stroke, stroke. And they gave the location. You see, the thing is, we live here today, and you might live to be 90 or 100 or 103, I don't know, 105, but you're going to die. Maybe even more importantly, there's coming something called the rapture of the church because God, God sees the chaos of this world. He says, when you begin to redefine male and female, you're knowing you're at the end. 
When men burn their lust, the Bible says for men and women burn their lust for women. When children are disappearing, disobedient to parents, when there's lying, when there's thieving, when there's farming kia, there's a, the word is a sorcery, which is farming kia, which is drugs that are out of control. God says in that day, look up because I'm coming again. God's going to rapture us out of here. There'll be seven years of tribulation. It'll be too late because you heard today. Those that rejected God today will be sent into a deep lie and there'll be seven years of great tribulation, torment and pain. You'll not be able to buy or sell unless you have a mark of the beast in your hand or forehead. But you can be rescued today. You can be saved. God doesn't want you to miss heaven. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.